Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Chai Break Podcast. This is your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar. And Ramachari from New York City. This season, we're excited to interview a roster of amazing South Asian women who have broken barriers, questioned norms, and continue to make a mark for themselves. They come to you from all over the globe, from Bangalore to New York, Melbourne and everywhere in between. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we do and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Hi, Rama. Hi, Shweta. How are you doing today? I am doing great. The sun is out and finally spring has set in and uh, we couldn't be more excited, right? I know. It's about time, yeah. The flowers are beautiful. The season is up. It's just Mm -hmm. there are some cold spells, but I guess spring is in the air. Yep. And you know what else is exciting me today? What is it? Our phenomenal guest, Deepa Pillai. Uh, Of course. I mean, Deepa is someone that we've kind of, we've been having the creating a bond almost a special bond with this person she's a special person like you mentioned there's Mm -hmm. so much even in the last uh you know few times that i've met her that i've learned and gathered and admired and been inspired so i can't wait for our audience to feel the same about deepa so yes yay (laughs) (laughs) so let's kick it off with a brief introduction to deepa filet do you want to go ahead shweta yep So Deepa is an actor, a Bharatanatyam dancer, a choreographer and a Hatha yoga practitioner based out of planet Earth, as she would like to call it. An engineer turned performing artist, she holds a degree from New York University's Tisch School of Arts as the most recent one. Her interest in life is to decode the magical bond between storytelling and life and how the former's modalities become root to the latter's existence. She believes that art is an interesting dimension through which stories get propagated and embodied. Therefore, are both epiphoral blocks of life and the threads that weave the fabric of a culture, belief, practice for eternity. She aspires to create stories of life experiences as they emerge and in the process become an archive of memories transcending time. All in her words. Oh, wow. That is... Yeah, I mean, once you meet Deepa, all of these words will truly resonate because she is exactly the type of person that, uh, you know, you just nicely described. I can't wait for her to talk about her experiences in her own words. So let's begin. Hi, Deepa. How are you? Hi, Rama. Hi, Shweta. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, where to begin? Actor, Bharatanatyam, (laughs) dancer, choreographer, Hatha yoga practitioner, and an engineer who dived into this whole world of creativity and arts, and also has a degree from NYU, Tisch School of Arts, which is one of the most prominent schools, right, in the country. And uh, you are working on using all these various artistic modalities, um, trying to create that magical bond between storytelling and life. And that's just beautiful, Deepa. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to our show. Thank you. Uh, We would like to start uh, with this Probably this is the most often asked question to you. So we'll just want to, you know, start with that. Mm-hmm. So you call, you're what you, we call a multi-hyphenate, right? Um, also known as a dancer, an actor, a storyteller, a yogi, and someone with keen interest in our Vedas and their relevance in our everyday life. But tell me, like, was it always the case? You like started off with an IT job after college. I know you were an engineer, but then what changed? What brought you here? 
Right. So to to answer in one word, what changed is my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's rather rare to hear. So we're glad. We're very happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh yes, so there's this one line which uh, most of girls that I know are familiar with and that is uh, uh, I mean get married and then do whatever you want. Uh I think for the number of times I have heard that somewhere I have uh, without my knowledge been telling tathastu tathastu and the cardinal gods have have one at one moment told tathastu and it so happened. So I am born and raised in Pondicherry. My I did my engineering and uh, my MBA. So I come from a family of uh, artists they were not performers my aunt is a trained uh, classical dancer my grandmother has had fair her own fair share of uh, training in kathakali my mother sings extraordinarily well with no training at all so i i am quite certain that the genes that a few chosen set of genes have have come <laughs> but more so i would say it was all in the memory because uh, coming from a middle class to a lower middle class indian family art was a luxury for us they therefore it was a conscious decision that was shared in the in the family that we would only be taking engineering mm-hmm. because dollars was quite an essential uh, factor the financial upliftment of the family was consciously placed on the shoulders of my sister and mine so um which is it was it was sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. but which is the case in general right mm-hmm. when you come from mm-hmm. a from a you know when we come from a middle class kind of background lower middle class background that's kind of their common theme like you the kids you know they grow up arts is part of the growing up but then you have to ditch it at some point to really get into more serious career focused uh roles yes and uh, yes i moved to bangalore I rather I came to Bangalore from Pondicherry in pursuit of a job which was in line with my uh, degree mm-hmm. and uh, uh, over a period of time I met my colleague then husband now mm-hmm. and we got married and the first one of the things that I told him was that I would really love to learn dance and by then it was around a, a, it was a 20 year break since we last I I last got trained in dance mm-hmm. so then uh, yeah my husband said it's your life you you must uh, live it the way you want and since then i have been trying my best i took uh, it, it took me a year mm-hmm. to give me the courage to believe that i can take this as a career despite starting at 28 i was 28 when i got married so thanks to my gurus mm-hmm. i i felt that yes this is a doable job with its own uh, yes i had to invest some more uh, time mm-hmm. but then it all started there and yeah it has taken me where i am right now that that's quite the journey and um, you know it's uh, it's all about like you know you had to prioritize certain chunks of your life you know education and then a job and then you know you as you said you had you finally felt that you had the right support system mm-hmm. and that's when you're like okay this is what now i can pursue my passion mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah because i i mean you know i like you i'm a bharatanatyam dancer so i know what it is you know to start dancing at the age of 6 and 7 to starting at the age of 28 right because yeah. you know the nature of the dance form is really hard on your body yes. so because you also you when you said you restarted rather at 28 mm-hmm. and you did your arangetram which is the first formal introduction you know to your performing life mm-hmm. on stage performing life mm-hmm. and that you did at 31 can mm-hmm. you talk us through that and the challenges and the triumphs you had sure so when i started dance at 28 dashweta my mind was uh, in a certain sort of a race to make it up for the lost years 
So now I realize, which back then I did not, is I overdid the the dancing without the required uh, fitness needed. Mm-hmm. Now I also would, uh, you know, consciously tell that uh, all those things that I did was a result of the state of my mind mm-hmm. back then. It put me to tremendous uh, injuries. Now I have to talk about my marriage. I have been a hardcore non-vegetarian person before my marriage, and I'm married to an Iyengar. Uh, that is South amazing. Indian. That part of you, it I did not know. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so that it was an overnight change from uh, three course non-vegetarian meals to uh, three course uh, vegetarian meals, which I had not uh, given due credence to. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, it was all okay because I was happy for the first time in many years back then, as as many as when a five six years ever since I joined uh, my career in IT, I really was happy. So I thought I'm happy. Let me. It's okay if I overdid, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the aramandi and the the grammar that the art form required. And within in a year or two's time, 2016, I gravely injured my knees, and um, I understood from my doctor that it was not an overnight uh, repair, rather a wear and tear that has happened over a period of time. And by this time, my arangatram was also uh, finalized. So I had the hall, all of that booked. And uh, four months before the arangatram, I couldn't move at all. Oh wow! But wow. thanks to my husband, yeah, it was it was bad because I was not mentally prepared to face all that. Right. In my mind, I was in this world where I believed I worked hard and therefore I deserved the best. Right. I deserve nothing but the best. Uh, there was not much of grace in taking life uh, one day at a time that I uh, missed. But thanks to my husband, who staunchly, uh, uh, you know, rejected this idea of cancelling the arangatram, instead he gave me this uh, choice. Fifth of March, two thousand seventeen, was the date, and he told me, "If you stand up on the fourth of March, we will still go ahead with the performance, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, revoke the payment of the hall or everything that is being planned. It will all go as scheduled." Mm-hmm. So that put me to a do or die, and then what else then? So. I had to go with a do. Right? So then, <laughs> that uh, is so awesome. You know, you had someone who was cheer, who was a big cheerleader for you. And even though when you didn't believe in yourself, there was someone who believed in you. That's that's very Absolutely. very important. And that yeah. relationship is just so um, empowering, and that speaks a lot about um, you know your husband as well. Absolutely. Now, when you mentioned that line, I would also want to take my guru, uh, mm-hmm. Guru Suparna, ma'am. If she had not chosen me to do the arangatram i would still probably have been wherever i was back then mm-hmm. so that one woman's kindness on having chosen me mm-hmm. uh, despite being i don't know way to what do, what do i call bad or for lack of a better word no, primitive i don't in, think in so. the earlier <laughs> days <laughs> those days she just didn't give up on me and that was another reason that uh, stayed in my mind rema yeah. i kept telling if superna ma'am has chosen me then there must be some something in me mm-hmm, right? right deepa so don't give up don't give up there must be something because the solely the reason why ma'am said uh, uh, that you will do your arangatram next right and much like my husband my ma'am is also not a person who would come join hands in crying with you saying oh my good god this has happened with you she is a person who's rather oh is it you injured any it's all right come to the class and sit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but watch the rest of them perform right it's a tough love 
It's exactly. I I learned that word from you. It's a tough love. My husband and my teacher. Yeah. Which I was not prepared for. It's easy to be a victim. Uh, <laughs> very true and you know gather all these people who are like you know saying oh i understand i know you right. know there are tons of people like that <laughs> but i think you find very few people in the village of your life that you know who will truly just be like i don't care what's happening i know you can do this yes it takes a certain sense of um appreciation it takes a certain sense of confidence in the person to be able to actually show the tough love because not everybody can show tough love you know only when you believe in the subject then mm. you're like okay you know we got to do this because this person gets bring back to life so i think that's probably yes. so it, it was both of you you exuded that uh potential and they just saw that and they didn't want to give up on you absolutely mm-hmm. and uh, ma'am was also kind enough to not take new recitals for me uh, for my arangetram yeah. so all by my road to recovery throughout my road to recovery i uh, invested all my senses in learning the uh, the songs which were already presented by other uh, senior artists of my dance uh, class mm-hmm. so that uh, by the end of jan march was my arrangement by the yeah mid end of jan i stood up and um, thanks to the physiotherapist simple exercises uh, shweta simple exercises that was the time i realized 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening what power those simple exercises can do mm-hmm. uh, to the muscles mm-hmm. i i cannot emphasize more on the power of the daily routine of life and i would rather no, from then i call them the daily ritual of life beautiful Just like how we brush the teeth and you know take a shower have the food 10 5 to 10 minutes a day right. can take us a long way mm-hmm. Is that your inspiration towards your yoga journey as well Deepa? Yoga journey uh it has two sides uh Reva now there is one part of Deepa the old Deepa which who could just not wake up before sunrise <laughs> I would not open my eyes before 8 a.m. the lazy person I used to work hard when it comes to being a dancer right. like that extra aramandi that extra all that is done but waking up in the morning no I didn't have that at all So I joined Cult Fitness in Bangalore mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. exclusively, you know, the moment you put some money in some <laughs> all these gym and all that you don't you don't have the luxury to sleep and waste all that time, right? And mm-hmm. uh, in sleeping. So it was exclusively for that that I joined. Nice. So in Cult I joined the Mind Fit which uh, focuses which teaches yoga, mm-hmm. Hatha yoga. That was the beginning for four months in 2019. Mm-hmm. By the end of the third fourth month I knew that I had uh, I was admitted to uh, New York University mm-hmm. and I had to run pillar to post to get the, all the formalities done for the travel and that got me a break. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward my life uh, to New York it uh, was this particular project in New York uh, which I today I would say I'm, I was great god has been extremely kind to give me a chance to be a part of this project called Ram Leela mm-hmm. where uh, listening about the stories of our lord Sri Rama mm-hmm. that was a is what brought me to hatha yoga more consciously or maybe i should say for the first time consciously mm-hmm. unlike the previous attempt that's where, interesting how do you tie that to your yoga belief uh so without delving much into what the project was at a very high level my work was to transcribe the tapes which contained the interviews of 
why diaspora of people who lived in Banaras mm-hmm. way back in the mid 70s? Oh, wow. So this is about the, the Natakam, the drama Ramalila, mm-hmm. uh, which was staged in Ramnagaram, Banaras. So the questions were very simple. The questions were churning what the people of Banaras thought about their dearest Lord Rama. And much to my uh, surprise back then, now I understand they're all the same sides of the journey called Parabrahman. But back then I thought yoga, Hatha yoga was different. Being life, being kind in life was different. Fitness was different. Being ambitious was different back then. Mm -hmm. So the tapes gave me a holistic view of how all this fitness, dream, ambition, uh, failure, they're all lessons to mankind Mm -hmm. that pull us, uh, our Jeevatma towards Parabrahman, Mm -hmm. Paramatma. So in one of the tapes, I listened uh, um, where uh, Ramar tells about, uh, you know, the the fluctuations in the mind. Now, this is what one of the uh, persons there, the interview tapes had. And then his guru, uh, Vasishta, had to introduce uh, him, uh, which we all know as Yoga Vasishta. Mm -hmm. So I paused the tapes and I asked me if the Supreme Lord himself had to know yoga. Not that he doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. He's, He's a Parabrahman. But because he had taken the mortal form, Mm -hmm. the form with, you know, uh, the flesh and the bone and the breath that you and I have, Mm -hmm. he himself require, you know, uh, stands testimony to a a sadhana like yoga. Of course, that yoga is something different. Mm -hmm. Then I asked myself, Deepa, what is stopping you to explore and start with the basics? Mm -hmm. Right. So then I thought the only form of yoga I knew back then was Hatha Yoga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Today, I understand there are different streams. There's Bhakti Yoga, the, the greatest of all, and, and then the Karma. And then there is Hatha, there is Raja, and how all these interplay in, in my own humble ways. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was all Surya Namaskaram, which again connects back to the cult training. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So that's how I started uh, Surya Namaskaram. And I firmly stuck only practicing Surya Namaskaram and chanting Ramanamam. I can attest to that, actually, if I may interject here, because uh, when Deepa introduced me on my yoga journey, I remember her saying, just do Surya Namaskar for three months, Mm -hmm. nothing else. Yeah. And at one point, I think, Rama, remember you and me had taken on the challenge via Deepa. And I think I landed up doing 70 Surya Namaskars in one day. Yeah. (laughs) When I look back on that, I don't know how I did it. (laughs) But eventually... That Surya Namaskar, in just having that belief and trust and patience with my body, it all went back to my initial conversations with Deepa as to what uh, the power of Surya Namaskar and what it can do for you. Mm-hmm. Right. No, so, Surya, Surya Namaskar is a complete body workout and mind workout as well. It's mm-hmm, kind of, it, it mm-hmm. is a body-mind cardio, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I, it's so interesting. So, you first of all, let me let me, for our audience sake, let me just backtrack a few things. You started dancing very late. I mean, late in the sense of, you know, it's never too late, but at the age of 28 mm-hmm. and in three years was able to really do your, um, the final rendition of all your learning in Bharatanatyam at the age of 31. So mm-hmm. that is actually amazing because it motivates so many people. Like, for example, my journey has been a little bit different. I learned Bharatanatyam when I was like barely three and a half because I was born with a club foot. So to correct that, I was taught to dance. So mm. I can have an arch. But I was also told to stop after, when I was getting the interest in dancing. And I gave my Rangitram at the age of nine. 
And then after that, I wanted to pursue more, but I was told to stop because you know what? Your journey ends here. Now just focus on the books. And I see the same, but instead of that, I went, moved the career path and went into a different uh, kind of you know profession and stuff like that. But you're giving people like me, and I'm sure out there in the audience, inspiration that it's never too late. If that's what you're interested, you can always dive right back in. And you, mm-hmm. can, you can pick it off from where you started. And, you know, fitness and everything just comes along to make that happen for you if you really want that to happen. So I just wanted to stress on that, that you really didn't take, didn't let the age, and you and the people who supported you didn't let that age be a big factor. It just turned out to be a number. So that's amazing. And you've come really far. And we're going to talk about what you do right now with the dance, uh, in the dance arena. And um, I think the second thing that you're talking about, a yoga journey, is a nice, it, it just started as a fitness, but then it became a, as you became a seeker in really kind of trying to find the truth behind uh, higher consciousness, how to seek higher consciousness. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think yoga was your path to doing that because you went on this journey of Ram Leela. And for those audience who don't know what Ram is, Ram is one of the um, you know avatars and uh, like one of the um, uh, forms of Vishnu of self or the of the greater God, the highest consciousness, Brahman, whatever you call it. So he's one of the uh, forms of God. It took a physical form and had there's this whole story about him and his um, adventures in a forest and defeating evil and so on. So when you tried to work on the tapes of his of of Ram Leela, suddenly it just struck that this is if this is a journey, you know, yoga is a way of tying you through that higher consciousness. So it's just beautiful how you just didn't prepare for any of this, but you just kind of picked up things and mm-hmm. you just took it mm-hmm. and you have just made it such an important part of your life. Like now when I think of Deepa, I have to think of yoga and dance. And but <laughs> many, but a few years ago, you were an engineer, right? Yes. And it's just so amazing to see how you've just really taken this and really built on this. Mm-hmm. And age is nothing. Age never stopped you. Truly, truly. And uh, for anyone interested in knowing more about the kind of yoga we're talking about, please go check out Deepa's Instagram, Deepa Pillai. You will know. You'll you'll forget. You'll kind of have to like look really closely because you can't tell the limbs from the bones to like, does she even have any? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Like the twists and the turns are so effortless. And I think you should more so pay attention to the calmness on her face as she's in those twisty, turny yogasanas. I mean, she is a constant inspiration to anyone, I feel like. You know, it's it's different. When, when somebody says, I love yoga, it is meaningless unless you really see someone who just goes in and makes it their own and does it at an age where, you know, you know, people would second guess whether it's even possible. And so that is, I think you're truly inspiring that way. It's just, I, I'm inspired. Let me put it that way. Thank you. Oh, and uh, also in continuing this uh, fitness related uh, discussion that we're having, uh, did you all know Deepa also holds a record for the longest plank? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) hold your horses, sit tight because she can hold a plank or she rather held the plank for the longest time, and it is 61 minutes. Is that right, Deepa? <laughs> yes. What? That's amazing. Oh, yes. my God. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Somehow it, it just all happened 
I, the goddess kind is it the limka book of records what what book of records is that is that right it's, it's, yeah yeah india book of records yes india book of records like yes yeah. yes for the longest plank that is 61 minutes yeah but there are also children uh, i mean by children i'm saying 20 21 mid 20s uh, children who held a, a, a chaturanga dandasana which is a low plank for 8 hours but nevertheless as for deepa yes i am truly grateful for this uh, milestone yes yeah, that's wonderful yeah. So Deepa, you were telling me obviously that you know you started waking up at 6 a.m. and doing all of this, but I know now that you are a complete morning person. Mm-hmm. You wake up. Uh, I mean, for people, regular people like us, it's not even morning. It's like the wee hours of the night <laughs> at uh, 3:30 a.m. Can you talk to us about that and how that's changed your life and what that routine is like? Yes. Um, so by virtue of uh, Ram Leela coming, you know, happening to me, let me put it that, that way. I started to extensively listen to upanyasams. Upanyasams are, uh, you know, storytelling on our on our bhagwans, mm-hmm. right? And in a day, on an average, ten to twelve hours, I keep listening to Sri Mad Valmiki Ramayana, mm-hmm. Sri Bhagavata Purana, and Sri Vishnu Purana, and of course some other uh, uh, upanyasams which my friends tell. Deepa, this is nice. Why don't you listen to this? But primarily it is it has been shrimad valmiki ramayana and the same stories i keep listening to again and again and again and upanyasagars are uh, with great great respect for their wisdom shri velukudi krishnan sir and shri velukudi um, um, dushyant sridhar sir and a host of other uh, masters whom i know i mean i know as in through the web mm-hmm. so uh, by the time i had learned what are the uh, i i cannot say i had learned i i understood that what what is the true purpose of this life you know in terms of uh, moksham mukti and as a grahastha as uh, what are the different ways multitude of ways sanatana dharmam offers mm-hmm. for one to reach bhagwan mm-hmm. and depending upon where where you stand you know in terms of your work which uh, the yester year classification can be as a brahmana kshatriya vaishya and shudra now if we map that in the current times how i have understood is based on your work Mm-hmm. you know what consumes uh, most of your time depending on that one has to bring the lifestyle changes where one can seek the the parabrahman the divine so that mm-hmm. i yeah the divine so i had the luxury to uh, i was at home and mm-hmm. this was uh, with covid onset and in 2020 i left new york and i went to dallas where my sister lives mm-hmm. so my parents were also there that six months uh, so i had all the luxury under the sky to uh, prioritize my personal uh, journey to rework on my yeah rework on my uh, life mm-hmm. so then uh, uh, one significant uh, aspect about making life positive is waking up before sunrise again like i said this is not to discourage those who are not able to by virtue of your work there is no sudden uh, you know guideline that says if you wake up before sunrise bhagwan is going to give you moksha nowhere but for those who can or who are lazy like me <laughs> it is always good to consider to start your day well before sunrise uh-huh. so then i started at uh, you know from 6 i made it to 5:45 and then 5:30 5:15 with time with time and i could easily wake up by 3:15 mm-hmm. because i went to bed early by 8:30 right. i i'd i'd wind my day and i consciously not uh, i did not take classes 
or i did not delve into my karma uh, which which was taking uh, bharatnatyam classes i said no to all the schedules beyond 8 pm mm-hmm. so 30 minutes to wind up my day and uh, i went to bed by 8:45 so 6 hours of sleep was good enough for my life there mm-hmm. and this routine six more months from the time i started so i'm talking about may 2020 mm-hmm. in 3 months this one hour plank happened from 15 seconds it became one hour ramanamam so wow. Wow. i wake up at 3:15 somewhere till 3:30 the early morning chores and then i meditate onto ramanam we have plenty of youtube channels i play them sometimes i sleep but then i wake up wash my face again <laughs> and then keep chanting uh, rama 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 again thanks to the tapes it was it was not easy early days it was very boring i'm sorry god <laughs> but with time uh, yeah the muscles began to retain the memory mm-hmm. and then all these asanas that you see just happened i i really don't know how it all did mm-hmm. but if i were to attribute the beginning of all then it is certainly waking up before uh, sunrise true yeah there is a certain you know even scientifically speaking your brain is at its highest alert, you know uh, efficiency in the early hours of morning before sunrise yes. according to ayurveda the early morning is you know before the sunrise is when um you know your body is at the heights of detox and has completed its detox um and it's ready to start the day so you you map your um you know breakfast lunch and dinner based on where the sunrise the height of the sun which is lunch and sunset before sunset it should be dinner to keep that fire in the um in the belly going for good digestion mm-hmm. so i think many many beliefs do um you know highly advocate an early morning rise and i think most successful people on the planet actually do exactly. that exactly so you, have you heard of the 5am club right mm, absolutely yeah. yes so, so so you're just you're basically an standing example of having done that and can speak on of its success uh, thank you <laughs> okay i'm floating but uh, <laughs> no <laughs> it is it is another motivating thing deepa for us exactly yeah it yes, just motivates truly, us truly. and hopefully yeah. our audience too yeah yeah and deepa you've always you know and uh, through you i think finally i have come to a stage in my life where i truly believe in this but can you have to elaborate more you're a strong believer and rightly so that your thoughts create your reality mm-hmm. and uh, i see this time and again happen but uh, you know it was a journey for me as well and you guided me so can you elaborate for someone who does not know what we're talking about sure uh, so as part of these upanyasams it's all going to come back to ramleela the beginning in these upanyasams there's one uh, session which speaks about what is bhakti and how do we understand bhakti if we were to break it into our daily lives like uh, the vedas are apavrisha you don't nobody understands unless you are trained in an you know a school with, with acharya mm-hmm. so people like us or people like me how do we understand what the lords are trying to say by you know by the purpose of your life so they all they when they break it down it came down to the thoughts and mm-hmm. the food and your uh, actions mm-hmm. now one one led to the other one led to the other one led to the other and then i got the reading to cite an example for this is um, in the book the autobiography of a yogi there is this uh, narrative where mukunda uh, mm-hmm. shri mukunda who's the, the Par- um, paramahamsa yogananda paramahamsa yes yes paramahamsa ji before he uh, when he was in his disciple 
day when Yukteswar ji, his guru was uh, sleeping on that bed and he was on the ground, there's this mosquito which uh, was disturbing uh, Mukunda ji and he, he raises his hand to uh, kill the mosquito. But then he, re- he refrains from doing that because his guruji is beside and, you know, he's in a journey, on a journey to not harm the fellow uh, creatures. And then Yukteswar ji says, Mukunda, when you've raised your hand, you've already sought the karma for that action. Mm. Okay, but then he says, Guruji, I did not do that. I did not kill the mosquito. And that's when Guruji says, karma doesn't work necessarily on action, but on thoughts. The moment, the second you thought to kill that insect, you've already given birth to the to the cycle of that. And it's going to come back to you. Now, that hit me big time, um, Shweta. That hit me big time. Now, I have been familiar with uh, the secret book where it speaks about um, you attract what you think you mm-hmm. attract uh, so it's not that I was completely new mm-hmm. but this was a whole new dimension of uh, ahimsa not by merely actions but by thoughts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then Beautiful. I started to think on the lines of uh, so what about gossiping about people right what about being a part of a group that gossips about another person now even if it is true do we really have to be a part of a team uh, do we want to uh, encourage ourselves by being a part of a group which enjoys speaking um, unkind ill of someone or unkind? Yeah, yeah, unkind of anybody else. Right. These were the thoughts that sprouted, and that also included uh, what I listen, including this news channels. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, not an overnight journey, but I I made it a point to strictly subject my senses to anything that is worth. Mm-hmm. You know, not in, worth in the your life. time, and you know that's actually worthy of pro- probably more like more so positivity all around you. Absolutely, in every channel you know that you're uh, receiving. Absolutely, anything Absolutely. that caters and, to your personal growth versus personal destruction. Absolutely, and this gave me the courage to stand up and speak, but with kindness. That uh, please do not have me in such conversations. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, I can say it cost my social life, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, I'm not alone. True, very true. I'm not at all alone. And this is no coincidence that once this sta- started to happen, besides the, the the fearlessness that I have Ramanamam with me, mm-hmm. a whole new satsangam of people started to come to my life. Like Spirit of Margari happened. This NYC Adavu meet. Uh, <laughs> I started to have my own close circle from NYC Adavu meet. Spirit of Margari happened where I, I started to you know get into full-fledged storytelling about Bhagwan. Uh, my whole uh, circle of friends changed mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that so that one book that one line changed the way i uh, think and so supposing i i have to be a part of a group where i cannot say you know please don't i, I do not want to be a part of this group mm-hmm. in those circumstances i i tell myself deepa no this is not what this is not what this is not kind this is not kind you know and so i keep chanting rama 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 forgive me rama forgive me rama and forgive the person that is doing this Right. Mm-hmm. My mind is elsewhere. So now if if I have to say something, I can literally sit in front of a person and travel in my mind, mm. whole new land. So that is how I have been able to, I am helping myself. It's not a, yes, I've groomed myself. Now I know how to live life. No, but I'm helping myself if I may say it's actually so beautifully said because Deepa, this takes me back to our very first in-depth conversation we had after Adivu. I don't, I, I think you remember that was yes. the time right a week after the pandemic, like you know, the hit rightly after a week later. But uh, we were together, and I remember Deepa saying something about gossip, and she's like, 
you know, you shouldn't. And at the time, obviously, I was not in that mental state to receive that. But it definitely got me thinking. And um, I can actually attest to, you know, just uh, with Deepa's guidance and just listening, I can attest to the kind of people, connections, opportunities that have come into my life after I changed my thought process. And yes. uh, yeah, it's it's totally like what me, Rama, Deepa, all of us talk about is, you know, it's the vibration that you put out is what you receive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I truly believe in that too. And it's beautiful how you, you quoted from uh, the Autobiography of Yogi, a book that I... <laughs> Absolutely adore. And my mom, actually, she her meditation and all of she does is along the lines of what Paramahansa Yogananda um, says in his book. So it's it's so interesting that you actually brought that title of that book. Um, every, it's a must read if um, anyone hasn't read that book. It's life changing. That's awesome, Deepa. So now that you've done all of this, do you believe you're living your dream? Uh, <laughs> I will never say no to that line uh, <laughs> because I am eternally grateful for everything that is happening to me in my life. And I'm completely willing to take responsibility of all that happens to me mm-hmm. because um, thanks to all the Upanyasams again, everything that happens to me is, is a result of my actions. Maybe I don't do not recall them because they are a result of the actions or you know, accumulated journey over the past lives. But um, it's all because of me. Yeah. So I don't have I've stopped blaming another person. Sometimes when things go really bad, I look at myself in the mirror and say, Deepa, you caused this. Imagine how horrible you must have been to somebody sometime you don't remember. You don't have a choice. Sit and cry, take Rama. Ramanamam and uh, take this gracefully. Do not hate. Do not, you know, get another new cycle mm-hmm. of karma beginning. Mm-hmm. Do not hate. And and yeah. Because we are creators. So whatever yeah. it is, we create. So there's no point in getting to a victim mindset when it is Absolutely. us who created that particular um, scene or whatever it is, mm-hmm. reality. So I guess that is that I am beginning to believe is the ultimate truth. And I can see that it's worked in your life as well. That's amazing. So to wrap up, what is one invaluable lesson do you think each of us can take with us every moment of every day to, you know, better our lives a little bit? Um, be kind, even when you have to be right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think from uh, just having this conversation and knowing you, I feel like uh, gratitude and uh, humility are uh, two of the most attractive qualities a human being can possess. and. Uh, I truly believe that everything that's happened with you stem from there. You know, your lessons, uh, you know, come from the Vedas, wherever they have come from. I think that's something you you walk the walk and walk the talk in this uh, sphere. And I think that's what attracts that kind of, uh, you know, goodness towards you. And that's what you radiate. So thank you so much, Deepa. This has been such an inspiring interview. And the fact that we're doing this first thing in the morning is... uh, just phenomenal because I think it's a great start to our day and a great end to your day because you know for those of you who don't know Deepa is now in Bangalore and it's around 7 p.m. there so <laughs> yeah close to the bedtime's arriving in like an hour from now <laughs> yeah I I, uh, I would like to say one more thing uh, if I have some time can I yeah mm-hmm. sure go ahead so there are two things uh, one that 
this entire journey that we spoke about in terms of an opportunity coming to me in the form of my husband and the, the, this family that is compassion uh, in a human form. Now, there are two parts of life, one that you have control and one that, that happens to you. Now, this entire journey of having married Vikram is something that happened to me. But there's, there is this making of me, which uh, in terms of a certain attitude that has helped me tremendously and made me ready when the opportunity arrived. Mm-hmm. That is, I give that complete credit to my mother, my family. I've always been, uh, I, I really don't know to speak harsh or uh, I'd rather sit and cry and work hard and cry. Uh, all of that comes from my mother, my family, my sister, my grandmother. So there is this one aspect of our lives that we have control on. That is our fitness, how how we talk, how we speak, how we think, etc. And there's another part which is out of our hands called an opportunity arriving at your doorstep. So when the for this opportunity to come, there is an attitude that should rightly raise you, and that attitude comes where I would say is the is the root for me. That's my mother. So, that's beautiful. Uh, Amma, yeah. I I'm eternally grateful to my mom for all that. Uh, just like every other parent. Yeah, yeah, that is immense. Same here too. I I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's about it. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah, with this we wrap up this uh, very inspiring series, uh, and uh, we hope that you all, our listeners, also can take away a lot of good things. And uh, take inspiration for your own everyday life and see how you can uh, better it. And uh, until next time, yes. our next guest, we'll <laughs> see you again soon. See you then. Thank you, Deepa. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And see you, everyone. Until next time. Bye. 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 You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Do continue to give us your valuable feedback via ratings, reviews, and hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on our new episodes. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast to get the scoop on our latest episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can also write to us at chai break podcast at gmail.com.